Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com. Pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, church. I wonder, are you thankful for what Jesus is doing in your life? I, I feel like he deserves a little bit of our praise to start off today. Thank you, Jesus. Guys, we've been in this series called Rooted, and today I want to take a look at the fact that um, one of the things we're supposed to be rooted in is the body of Christ. In fact, we see in Scripture that God calls the church his body, the body of Christ. We see here, uh, Paul says this to the church of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. He says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up only one body. So it is with the body of Christ. He's saying there's many different parts, many different people that come, up to make, come together to make up the body. So we all have this place together. God compares us to being a body. Romans 12, 5 says this. So it is with Christ's body. We're all parts of his one body, and each of us has different work. We all have different work. We're not supposed to be carbon copies of one another. That's why you look different than the person sitting next to you. It should be that way. They should be different than you. We, each of us has different work to do. And since we are, all, uh, we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. So Paul is speaking about the church. He's saying the church is the body, and he's going, guys, you need to recognize that you're different, but you need each other. That you and I, every one of us in this room, we need to embrace the fact that we're different from one another. We shouldn't be carbon copies of the same. We should appreciate that, that people have different gifts and different skill sets. And it, it's, it's good that we have our differences together. We need each other. But I can tell you, whenever you're around people that are different than you, it can be confusing sometimes. Because we look around this room and we go, man, there are people that think much different than me and act much different than me, even in this own room. Don't you know that, that people that are different than you can be confusing? <laughs> in fact, I think the easiest way we can look at this, the most obvious one to point out is just the differences between men and women. <laughs> Let me start off by telling you something. I don't, I, there's one thing I don't understand about women. <laughs> there's a lot of things I don't understand about women. Let me back up. But one thing I don't understand about women, high heels. All right? High heels, I don't get it. Wearing high heels is like doing drugs, okay? <laughs> Think about it, ladies. You, you do it to get high. <laughs> when you're up there, you feel great. And when you come down, it hurts and you regret it. <laughs> but then you do it all over again, don't you? You have a problem, a problem. Well, we have these differences, but we're supposed to embrace the differences. We've been in this series called Rooted. We talked about being rooted in the Word of God, being rooted in Christ. And then today we're talking about being rooted in the body, being rooted in the church, not, not pulling ourselves out of the fact that God wants us to be a collection of people together making up one body. Would you pray with me before we dive into this? Heavenly Father, we, we just lift up the name of Jesus in this place. 
I mean, God, we know that's the most important thing, that, that God, this isn't about the songs we sing, and it's not about the, this message right now. What it's about is the fact that, God, you love us so much. You want, you want to help us. You want to teach us. You want to draw us so much closer to you. So, Jesus, we pray that we'd see your love and understand you so much more today before we leave here. Please speak through me today. Help me not to be a distraction, but me to uh, be helpful to your word. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I love this psalm. Psalms 92, 13 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. I love that we see this imagery again of, of like being like a tree, right, with roots dug deep down. Notice, it, it doesn't say those who are transplanted in the house of the Lord. It doesn't say those who come every once in a while. But, but the, the picture here is those who are planted. Someone who's planted, there, there's a commitment there. there there's a decision that I, I'm going to be unmoving. This is going to be where I land. This is going to be where I live. This is going to be where I grow and I flourish. And he's saying, you will flourish in the courts of your God if you are one of those who are planted in his house. And that's what we're going to dive into today is because uh, it's my hope and my prayer for every person in this room is that we would be planted in the house of the Lord. That, that this wouldn't just be something that's an occasional thing, but this is where our commitment lies because he has so much that he wants to do for us. In fact, there are so many benefits to being planted in the body of Christ, planted in the body. In fact, I want to give you uh, five benefits to being part of the body. Uh, in fact, I want you to write these down, take pictures of them on the, on the side screens or whatever, because these are things that if you're not benefiting in all these areas, you should be. And if we're planting ourselves in our church and committing to our church the, the way that God would have us to, we should be experiencing all five of these benefits. So my church helps me. In fact, everyone say this with me. Say my church. My church. My church. I'm not saying that church or your church. This is my church. And, and guys, we need to have that ownership of our church. We need to not talk about our church like, oh yeah, that church I go to on Sunday. Or, no, it, it's my church. In fact, turn to the person next to you, look at them and say, this is my church. It's my church. We've got to take ownership of this place. This is my church. And, and the, here's the benefits. My church helps me center my life around God. My church helps me center my life around God. And I'll tell you, I need that. Because we so easily get distracted by the things of the world. There are so many things going on. Isn't it funny how fickle we can be? I don't know if you guys feel like you get bounced around the way I do sometimes, but I feel like I can always be moving on to the next thing, and I'm, I'm thinking about this sports program, and then it's this diet and exercise plan, and it's, it, then there's this show on TV that we're binge watching, and it's like there's all these things that I'm focused on. Now my kids are in soccer. Now my kids are in dance. Now my kids are in lacrosse. It's like there, there's always something else that gains our attention and tries to pull us in a way where all of a sudden it, you can realize like your, your center has been moved. And in your life now, you're starting to go, I feel like I'm confused on my purpose. I feel like I'm kind of losing track of what my center should be. And this is one of the important benefits of being part of the church, being rooted in the body, is being rooted in the body centers your life around God. It brings us back to a focus. It reminds us that our lives are all about him. I mean, that's what worship is all about. When we come together and we worship God, worship is revelation and response. 
the more that we, we have God's goodness revealed to us and we have an understanding about his love for you and I and, and how he cares for us and gets us through dark places, when we start to, to understand that, we respond to it then. And we sing songs like, like I surrender, because we're saying, you know what, I, I'm re- it's revealed to me now that when I run my life my own way, I don't like the outcome. I, I don't like it. Like every, It keeps getting me into worse places, and then I do it again. I have a problem. I, I keep going back to, to letting myself lead my own life, and then I come in here and I sing, God, I surrender because, because I recognize when you lead my life, when I'm, I'm doing it your way, I'm, I'm fruitful, I'm flourishing, I, I'm happy, I'm filled with the Spirit, but, but when I do it my way, it doesn't work. So it, it, it brings me back to a place where I'm remembering what life is all about. See, Jesus said this when they, they asked him, what's the most important commandment? There's so many commandments, so many rules. What are we supposed to do? And Jesus broke it down and said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He goes on and says, the, the second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. But the first thing he tells us to do, he's saying so clearly, it's all about loving God. It's about loving God and loving people, and you got to come back to a center of recognizing that, that God is at the center of that. And see, being part of a church, being rooted and committed in a church family helps us center our lives around God. It's because of the influence that we have on one another. Man, I, I can remember as a kid just dealing with peer pressure at every turn. I had, I had idiot friends that would get me to do idiot things all the time, and I, I can remember how that how important and powerful their, their influence was on my life. And I had friends that would tell me, Dan, do a backflip on your snowboard. It's going to be awesome. I'm not doing that. Do it. The chicks will dig it. I'm like, okay, I got this. And <laughs> it's like I, I was so easily influenced. I remember sitting up with a broken bone and, and my friends laughing at me going, this is ridiculous. Like, how is it that I do stupid things just because I'm being influenced by others? Well, the good news about peer pressure, the good news about the influence of other people's lives is that it goes the opposite way. In that we can influence each other to stay centered on a life with Christ, that we can stay focused on what really matters. In fact, we have friends in this room. I, I, I appreciate the friendships I have in this room. Some of the most important friendships I have are with people right in this room. And, and so often, I will get texts from friends who say, hey, brother, I'm just praying for you today. And what that does for me is like, now where I was thinking about this meeting I have later, or I was thinking about all the things I gotta do, I was fo- so focused on other things, now it's like I'm brought back to center. Oh yeah, this is about God. My life is about God, and they're praying for me. I wanna pray for them too right now. And it's like, now I have this influence. I got friends who will ask me hard questions and say, hey, how's it, how are you doing in your marriage? Are you loving on your wife and your kids the way you should be? And I wonder, like, do you have people influencing you in a positive way. We're supposed to have that influence right here in our church. It it comes to a place where they help us center our lives on on God. Check this out. Leviticus 23, verse 3 says, You have six days to do your work, but on the seventh day of each week is holy because it belongs to me. No matter where you live, you must rest and come together for worship. God wants us to take every week and, and, and come together to worship him. Imagine with me, what, what would our church look like? What would our lives look like if we said, th- th- this is a non-negotiable. 
Like God says we're supposed to take one day every week to come together and worship, not to say, I do my church up in the mountains. I, do, I, I You know, I, I'm just gonna do my church my own way. I've, I've been there. I was there once last month. Now let me pause for a second and say, I understand. You're here. You're at church right now. Like, I'm not pointing the fear. You need to be at church. You are in church. Like, I get it, okay? But, but he's telling us there's a great importance to this because it keeps us centered on him. Now, uh, we even see that in the New Testament, it's talking about Jesus, and, and, and it says this in Luke. It says in Luke 4, 16, Jesus, now, on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue, as was his custom, it was Jesus' custom. What did he do uh, on the Sabbath? He went to the synagogue. He went to go worship with other people. Now, if we say we're Christ followers, then this should be an easy decision for us. Because serious-minded Christ followers, we say, okay, if that's the way Jesus did his life, then I'm going to do my life his way. If he, it was his custom to be in church, co- committed and rooted into the body, then I'm going to be committed and rooted into the body too. So then if we look at it that way, we're not, it's not a decision on the weekend, you want to go to church this Sunday? I don't know. Do, do you feel, no, it, it's a one-time commitment. If I'm following Christ, what did Christ do? He made sure that every week he was worshiping together with other people. So it's a one-time decision. It's really simple when we break it down that way. We see Acts 2.46 says they worship together regularly at the temple court. Speaking of the, the New Testament church, we're seeing that regularly they worship together. See, if you're part of an athletic club, and consistency and going will help you center your life around health. Okay, we understand that. And being a part of a church, consistency in going is going to be what helps you center your life around God. That's the first benefit. The second benefit is this. My church, everyone say my church. My church, my church helps me connect with other believers. My church helps me connect with other believers. This is all about community. We need friendships with other people. Uh, here's a quote. That we have from a man who wrote a book, his name's Larry Crabb, he wrote a book called Connecting. Community matters, he says. That is about like saying oxygen matters. As our lungs require air, so our souls require what only community provides. We are designed by our God who is in himself a group of three persons in profound relationship with each other to live in relationship. Without community, we die. It's said in scripture like this, Proverbs 18, 1, says a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. A man who isolates himself, he seeks his own desires. He rages against all wise judgment. See, the enemy wants to try to pull you out of the body because there's so many benefits to being part of the body, but if he can get us isolated, if he can pull us out, then he can seek to destroy us. See, John 10 tells us what the enemy's plan is. The enemy's plan is to kill, steal, and destroy. He has an agenda to try to break you down. He has an agenda to destroy your life. And his strategy, we see, is isolation. And it happens many times through offense. It happens from getting us upset with someone. Well, can you believe what they said? Can you believe that they do it this way and they did it that way? And I'm not going there because she goes there. And... And he tries to get us to step out of the place where we're going to flourish and grow the most simply through offense. 
You'll have to forgive me for this comparison. Um, I, I know it's a little strange, but I was thinking about us being rooted in the body. And one of the things I remember is growing up, my grandfather had his leg amputated. And, um, and I remember seeing him with his foot, but because of complications he had with diabetes, he had it uh, amputated. And I had a lot of questions as a little boy. I was, I was confused. And I can remember, it was really funny, that he had an aluminum prosthetic leg and he had a cane. So he, anytime he wanted to get my attention, he'd bang his cane on it. He's like, bang, 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 bang. Danny, get in here. Bang, bang, bang. Was, I don't know, weird memory. Um, <laughs> but, but I would ask him, I'd say, I'd say, Grandpa, what happened to your foot? And again, forgive me, it's, it's gross, it's weird, you know where it's going, but he's like, uh, once it was disconnected from the body, it had no more use, so they, they just destroyed it. And, and every once in a while, I'd see my grandfather, and he'd be sitting there, and he'd go, oh, me grimace, I'm like, what's wrong? He'd go, oh, my toe hurts. I'm like, what toe? He goes, yeah, it's not there anymore, it hurts. And, and he taught me something, he's taught me that a part of the body that's disconnected from the body, it loses its, its use, its purpose. And he also taught me that a, a part of the body that's disconnected, the rest of the body still fills it. The rest of the body still misses it, and there's pain there because there should be someone with this gifting and this skill set that, that it should be planted here and, and, and be used here, and, and it's not there anymore, and, and we're all affected by it. Now see, when, when Paul is saying you're part of the body and you have differences, you have to bring those differences. It's not like we just, we don't look at church like, like the way the world looks at church because the world says church is something on a Sunday morning you just go to and it's like, yay, I did my thing. I got my check mark, got my gold star. And we move on. He goes, no, no, no. Church is not a location to go to. Church is a group of believers who have a solid commitment to each other and to Christ to grow together. You're a body. Don't lose your use. Don't lose your purpose. Don't, don't make the, the rest of the body miss what you can bring to the table. See, my church helps me center my life around Christ. My church helps me stay connected with other believers. And then number three, my church helps me cultivate spiritual maturity. My church helps me cultivate spiritual maturity. This is growth. This is discipleship. This is getting where I'm not the same person I used to be. I used to struggle with these different areas, but I'm coming out of it. Now, see, this can be confusing a lot of times because we think uh, there, there's this lie that if I can get myself cleaned up, then I can be more useful. I can, I can get things together. And I talk to people all the time, like, man, you should come to church. I'm like, no, I'm going to stop smoking first, and if I can just get this addiction under control, then I'm going to come to church. It's like, no, see, the maturity doesn't happen before you're born. The maturity happens after you grow. The maturity happens after a while. It takes time. And in fact, it's so funny because I, I will hear things every once in a while that just blow my mind. You ask a guy, man, would you come to church with me this weekend? He's like, I'll do it, but I'm not forgiving my uncle. <laughs> Who said anything about your uncle? Who's your uncle, right? Like, what are you talking? I asked you to come to church with me. What are you talking about your uncle? But it's like already he knows there's a struggle in his life, and I, and I, don't, want, I don't want to deal with the struggles that I've gone on in my life. I don't want to deal with being mature yet. I remember teaching my girls to ride their bikes. And Kayla, um, it, the first time I get her up on her bike, we're pushing her on this little hill in the grass, and she looks at this really steep road, and she goes, she goes Daddy, Daddy. And I'm, I'm like holding her here, and she goes, I'm not going down that steep road. <laughs> 
no, you're not going down that steep road. Like, who said anything about the steep road? I'm holding you right now, helping you ride a bike. Right now. now, what's interesting is like she was already thinking about, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not mature enough yet. I don't have the skill stuff to, uh, uh, to do that. That's scary to me. But the focus was never about that. The focus of what I'm teaching her is like, I want to give you a gift right now. I'm going to show you that, that you can ride a bike. Now, what happened later is she's got the skill set. She's got the gift. She's like, Dad, can I go down that hill? I'll be able to go fast. What happened is she grew to the point that the things that were scary to her, not so scary anymore. Now, when it comes to cultivating spiritual maturity, the more that you're growing in your relationship with God, the more that you start to trust him and recognize he really does love you. He really does have a plan for you. He really does care for you. He really does meet with you in the middle of the night when your mind is walking the floor. When you start to recognize these things, now all of a sudden you're growing and you're trusting him more. And now, just like my daughter wanted to go down the hill, maybe the things that you were first scared of um, and said, I don't want to do those, maybe you're going to start to want to do those things. I want to get that addiction under control. Because I don't like how it's messing with my life, but God keeps freeing me from all these other things. Or you'll say, you know, I, I do want to forgive my uncle. I'm sick of carrying this pain around with me. See, that is spiritual maturity, that, that's spiritual growth, and it doesn't happen immediately. It happens over time, and that's why we have to stay connected into the body. See, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, what this means is that those who become Christians become a new person, they're not the same anymore. The old life has gone. The new life has begun. Not the new life is fully here. The new life has begun. This is the starting point for us to make change. And, and how does that spiritual maturity grow in our church? Well, it, it grows many different ways. It grows when we come together and we hear good messages. I mean, let's be honest, great messages, right? <laughs> as, I pan, as I pander for applause. <laughs> but, we, we come together and we hear God's word together. We come together and we worship together. We come together and we grow in small groups and classes together. And, and guys, we want this to be so deeply a part of our church growing together that we're doing something this June. Uh, we're gonna be doing a campaign church-wide where we want every person in our church, whether you, uh, this is your first time here or whether you've been saved for 40 years, we want our entire church to go through a campaign together called 40 Days of Prayer. And what this is going to do is it's going to grow us in our spiritual walk with God. It's going to remind those veteran Christians in this room to, to continue to pray and teach other people to pray. And then at the same time, it's going to grow us in community and relationship because it, we've got to still cultivate spiritual maturity. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. If you're part of the body, you should be growing. So my church, it, it helps me center my life around God. It helps me uh, con stay connected with other believers. It helps me cultivate spiritual maturity. And then number four, it helps me give something back. Helps me give something back. This, this is all about serving. This is ministry. See, ministry is when you're serving within the body. This is using our gifts within the body to strengthen other people, to help other people. And um, th this, there's so many different opportunities here. We have people who on a weekly basis come together and do things that maybe you, you didn't even know we did as a church. 
Because, I mean, we talk about the people who serve here on a weekly basis that we're so thankful for. You see all the green and red shirts down front that, that are going to go serve your kids in the next service, and they're going to they're keep loving on them. There's, there's uh, people who come in here and hold babies every week. We've got security who serves every week. But there's also uh, groups of people who come in, and they cook food for families who lose loved ones. So that while they're grieving and they're worried about funeral arrangements and stuff like that, now there's meals being provided for them. There, there's people who come up in the middle of the week and, and cut out little craft projects for our kids so that they'll have something that, that can help them learn about Jesus' love. There's so many different ways that we can serve within the body. And it's important that we serve with the key word here, together. Just like we were talking about in community. This is not a body part being separated out and trying to serve by itself. This is us serving together. The Bible says this, 1 Corinthians 3, 9. We work together as partners who belong to God. Ecclesiastes 4, 9. Two people can accomplish more than twice as much as one, and they get a better return for their labor. I, I can remember working in children's ministry the nights that I would come up and work on classrooms all by myself, and I could tell you it was miserable. And I, I was up here, I was lonely, I was feeling like, man, I'm, I'm trying to do work, but this is difficult. And, and, I, and I had some people around me go, invite some, some people to come do this with you. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> So I remember I got a group of friends around me and we started working on the classes and building stages and, and doing stuff like that. And while we were doing it, now it's not just laboring anymore. This was fun. We have a goal set out before us and we're seeing goals together and, and stuff's getting accomplished. And now where we had a little vision, it's gotten so much bigger. We're doing so much more because we're working together. And when you work together with other people, you get to celebrate the victories together and then you have other people that you can lean on and make the, that makes the difficulties so much easier. We gotta serve together, and we gotta serve with the gifts that God has given us. See, working together, bringing others to Christ, this is 2 Timothy, complete the ministry God has given you. God has given us this ministry work. He's, he's given us the gifts in order to be able to do that. Have you ever given someone a gift and they just didn't fully appreciate it the way you wanted to? Like you had it in your mind, like this is special, this is really good, and you're like, oh, thanks. Right? <laughs> no, oh, thanks. I mean, like, give me some props, give me some credit, right? I remember I gave my father um, a Cabela's gift card because he was horrible to shop for. He's like very, very difficult to pick a gift for him. So I just bought him a Cabela's gift card for Father's Day one year, and I put it in a card, I gave it to him, and he opened it up, he looked at it, he's like, oh, thanks, and he throws it in the Jeep. And I'm looking at that going like, hey, I, I, I wrote the amount on the back. I know how much is in there. I put, like, that's a cool gift. Like, you could go do some cool stuff with that. And he's like, oh, thanks. Well, let's fast forward like three months. We're getting ready to go hunting. We're cleaning out the Jeep. And he, he picks up a Cabela's gift card. And he looks at it and he goes, huh, interesting. Someone got me a card. You want that? And he tosses it to me. I turned it over, I'm like, that's my handwriting on the back, but yes, I'll keep it, thank you. Um, <laughs> Cry out loud, see if I get you another gift card. Wait, wait, do you have any more? <laughs> like, it's like, wait, when, when a gift is given, you want it to be used. And God is saying, listen, I, I gave you these gifts so that you'll use them. You have passions about things so that you'll use them. I'm, I, I'm sensitive right now, there's people in this room that you've recognized things you, you, you see 
You see the problem. See, everyone can point out a problem. It doesn't, it's not difficult to point out the problem. All you need to point out a problem is a Facebook page. You can point out problems that people have. But the difference is once you start to see those problems, you can start to recognize maybe God is allowing me to see that because he's giving me the gift set to do something about it. See, Matthew 25, Jesus talks about the fact that uh, he gives the parable of the talents. He talks about the fact that the Father gives all of us gifts and abilities. And, and, and he watches what we do with those gifts and abilities. And there's some of us, when we use our gifts and abilities to serve him, that he, he says, the Father's gonna give you so much more. He's gonna give you so many more talents, so much more gifts. But he says, those people that just take it and like hide it, like, I, I don't really wanna do anything with this. He says, the Father will come and take even that away. God's giving you gifts. Maybe you're not serving. Maybe you're not giving back. There are so many opportunities for you to do so. And there's so much fulfillment that comes when you're, you're actually being used in the purposes that God created you for. So that's the fourth point, is that my church helps me give something back. And then the last before we close today is that my church helps me communicate God's message. See, the last point was about serving. It's about ministry. Every person needs a ministry, but every person also needs a mission. Every believer needs a ministry within the body, and every, every believer also needs a mission outside of the body that we need to recognize we have a responsibility to bring the message of God outside of the walls of this church and, and bring it to our community. We see here, uh, 2 Corinthians 5 says, God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. This is the wonderful message he has given us to tell others. We are Christ's ambassadors, and God is using us to speak to you. We urge you, as though Christ himself were pleading with you, be reconciled to God. See, God wants us to be his spokespersons in our city. He wants us to bring the message of his love and his grace and forgiveness, his salvation to our city, to our coworkers, to the, to the other moms on the soccer field, to the other guys that we work with. He wants us to bring it out. And in fact, our church helps us do that because you say, well, where do I start with that? I, I don't even know where to start. Well, when we bring people into the church, we're, we're bringing people into a place where our church then is helping us communicate that message. And we start with our friends and family. We start with the people we know. You don't gotta get a cardboard sign and a bullhorn and stand out on the street and say, yeah, Jesus loves you. Like, it's not gonna be quite as helpful as the fact that God's already given you influence with people. And then you take that influence and that friendship you have with one another and you start saying, listen, I, I, I wanna share with you what God is doing in my life. And that's what so many of you have done today. We've got a baptism service taking place in just a couple minutes that, that many of you, you're here today because your loved one, your friend, your family member invited you to be here because they're, they're taking part in this last benefit of, they're taking part in saying, my church is helping me communicate the message of Jesus' love for you. So guys, you're not alone. If you are planted in the body, there's so many benefits that come to helping us live fulfilled lives and lives being helped, but a life that's centered around God, but also a life that's effective in doing the work that he wants for us. The Bible says that it was Jesus' custom that on the Sabbath he, he went to the synagogue to worship. If we are truly Christ followers and we're serious-minded to say, I want to do my life the way he did it, then it's no longer a decision on the weekend. Ah, do you want to do it? You want to go to church today? No. I know without a doubt where I should be. Planted 
in the body of Christ. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for every benefit that you give us being planted in the body, that God, you don't want us to be alone, that you never leave us alone, but at the same time, you put us in a body, you put us in fellowship church now, you put us in my church now so that we can grow and flourish in the courts of our Lord. So God, we love you and we wanna thank you for your love for us. We pray you bless each and every person here. Help us, God, to make the type of commitments um, to you and to your church that, that will affect our lives for the good. Help us to be rooted And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner, and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, and that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer at all, We would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or by email at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week.